and the great queen look down upon her vanquished enemy. But she did not raise her arm to strike, nor her voice to command his exile. She simply said, Go home. Let us move on from this. There were those who advised her against such an action. Would not her enemies cease to fear her should she deal with them so softly? She replied, There is much greatness in this universe, but much rarer is goodness. I shall prove myself both. So was the word of mercy. The Man Who Wanted Eternity Chapter 4 Mercy Me What do you mean she hates people? Just what I said. She hates people. But she created one of the great principles that improved life for the people of the Green Blue. She was given immortality so she could share her principle and improve life for people for forever. Maybe she got sick of it. I don't think it's as simple as that. Our travellers had been on the road together for several hours and were far from the outskirts of the city. Yet Tannock seemed stuck on this point. Well, she can't always have hated people. I don't think she hates people. I think she just finds it difficult to be around them. Her principle isn't like ours. We can carry out acts of justice or charity, but she can't grant mercy to those who need it because it can't come from her. It can only come from people who have power over them. It must be very difficult for her. There was silence as the trio considered this, and all concluded that this must indeed be a difficult situation, and that it was quite likely that Mercy had withdrawn from the world to save herself the pain of watching the weak suffer at the hands of the mighty. To give them their due, they were partly right. For three days they travelled by road to the coast, and from there boarded a ship which took them across the sea in the blink of an eye. If you happen to be a person whose blinks take about a week each. They arrived in the quiet port of Sialdia, and, after purchasing supplies and asking around, found someone willing to take them to the base of the mortal mountains, a dense and perilous range that no one even tried to climb anymore. Common wisdom being that no view was worth that much effort. After a few hours, the cart rolled to a halt. Justice jumped down from the driver's bench and walked round to let the other two out the back. She says she will go no further. Why not? Well, she already went about five miles past her house. This is pretty out of her way as it is. Thank you. Right. Guess we better get climbing. And climb they did. And clambered, and slid, and skidded, and fell, and on more than one occasion went over on their ankles really quite badly. They certainly weren't cut out for this kind of terrain, and had to keep taking breaks to catch their breath. Do you think we're close? No idea. But these mountains were the last place she was seen. Of course, that was a few thousand years ago. What makes you think she's still here? The villagers. Mercy hasn't been seen for thousands of years, but there are reports that someone's living alone up here. The reports date back to, well, whenever the people around here started keeping records of reports, and they all describe the same person who comes down every few months to stock up on supplies and then disappears back into the mountains. 
Hasn't anyone ever looked into that? The individual concerned apparently trades labour for things she needs and, by all accounts, always provides very good value. I guess the people around here don't feel the need to look any further into it than that. How do you know all this? I went looking for her once, after she withdrew from the world. But I stopped my search at the foot of the mountains, realised I was only looking for her because I wanted to find her. She deserved her privacy. And they struggled on. After four days of trekking and camping out in the wilderness, they were down to their last morsels of food. Charity. Mm-hmm. Could I have the other half of that apple? No, you cannot. But I'm hungry, and you're... Charity. Yes, charity, not starvation. See, this is what gets me. This is why people don't bother with me. They think it's about giving away everything or it doesn't count. That's not it at all. It's about giving away what you can. And... Okay, okay. Justice? We packed the same amount of food. If you didn't ration yours well enough, that's your fault. You guys suck. That night, Tanik curled up in his tent, shivering and hungry as a fierce wind cut through the rocks. And eventually, he slipped into the deepest of sleeps. At some point, he thought he felt himself moving. Like he was floating. No, not floating. Like he was being dragged bodily along the ground. But he was exhausted from the excess of exercise and lack of food, and as he felt much warmer when the dragging stopped, he didn't think it worth his while to wake up. Panic. Panic. Wake up. Tired. Tannock, you have to wake up now. Tannock struggled to consciousness and found himself in a little room made of rock. Where are we? He received no answer, but a nod from each of his wide-eyed companions indicating that he should look behind him. He turned and saw a woman seated on a chair made of stone. Are you... are you Mercy? Yes. I replied. Oh, I can't tell you how nice it is to meet you. We've been looking for you for ages. I know. You passed here twice in the last three days. Right. Where are we exactly? My home. I brought you in. You would have died of cold out there tonight. Thank you. That was very good of you. Have you lived here long? A while. Well, it's very nice. Very... stony. Well, as I was saying, we were actually looking for you, and it seems a bit rude given you've already saved our lives, but I was hoping to ask you a favour. Well, more advice, really. And he told me why he had come seeking me. How he feared death for himself and for those he loved. How he thought all their lives would be much improved if they didn't have to worry about it anymore. So, you want eternity? Yes, I suppose I do. No. What? No, you can't have it. But I... Could you not just ask the Evers? Ask the Evers? Didn't you tell him how they are? 
We thought maybe it would have been different with you. You know, because you were the first. Well, it wasn't. So you don't know anything more than we do? Nothing that can help you. So that's it then? I'm sorry, Tanik. Me too. Well, thank you for your time. And for saving us. You may stay until the storm is over. Thank you. They sat in silence for some time. I sat some way apart. I'd grown unaccustomed to company. To be honest, I'd never been keen on it in the first place. Eventually, they began to speak. You tried your best. Yeah, and you did really, really well. Oh, definitely. I don't know anyone who's managed to track down all three of us before. Thanks. I am really sorry, Tanik. It's okay. This is what I should have asked for as my gift. You didn't know me back then. No, but our gifts affect all people of the green-blue. I should have asked that everyone could live forever. I just didn't think of it at the time. Wait, so the gifts were things that affect everyone in the world? They weren't actual things? No, no, they weren't physical things. More like abilities. So your gift wasn't a thousand years of good harvests? Oh no, my gift was empathy. Being able to feel how others feel. I thought it would help influence people to be more charitable. And yours wasn't a great sword? No. Mine was guilt. So people would know right from wrong. What was Mercy's? Uh, Whistling, I think. What? Yes, I remember her telling me that too. Whistling? Yeah, I know. It seems a bit... But you've seen what she's like. She doesn't exactly invite further questions. Plus, things were different in her day. Maybe it was a bigger deal creating your own entertainment. Maybe. No, that can't be right. Why not? Because not everyone can whistle. I went to school with a boy who tried and tried but could never learn how. And it really annoyed him that I was so good at it. It caused quite a rift. He ended up being the closest thing to an enemy I've ever had. Her gift must have been something else then. Or maybe she never used her gift. How long did it take you to decide on yours? About a week. And you? The same. The accounts I read said that Mercy pondered over her gift for millennia. Well, maybe it just took her a long time to think it up, whatever it was. And maybe she never made the decision, so the chroniclers just added something in that sounded right like they did with you two. Wait, what are you doing? What he was doing was getting up and marching over to me. I don't think you ever requested your gift. Please, may I have it? No. Please? No. Please. Look, you can't have it because my gift was already received. Oh. What was it? Whistling. No, it wasn't. What? It wasn't whistling. I know it wasn't whistling. You just don't think I'm worthy. No, that's not... That's exactly what it is, isn't it? I'm not worthy. And that's why you won't help me. And that's why I couldn't help my friends and my family. It's all my fault. It's all my fault. It was death. What? You created death. No, not exactly. 
It already existed here. But you're the reason it happens to people? Yes. Do you hate us that much? Is that why you're up here? No, that isn't it at all. Well, what is it then? Why did you do this? I... I didn't know it would be like this. I thought it'd be up to you all when you... When you left. When we left? We're not popping out for a bit. That's literally it for us. I know. And I'm sorry, and... I was just trying to help. How would it help? You don't know what it was like. You weren't here in the beginning. When we first arrived, it was paradise. And for thousands of years, we were happy. But we weren't meant to be here forever. Nothing was. Everything on this planet lived and died except us. And it started affecting us. Some of the Farandal, beings who had existed for countless millennia, started to fade. They could find no beauty, no joy in the world anymore. They became listless, disconnected, as though they weren't meant to be here anymore. But we couldn't leave. We couldn't soar as we once did. When the Evers came to me, I asked them what could be done. They said the Farandal were always meant to soar, but living in this world, eating from it, drinking from it, had changed us. They said they couldn't undo what had been done, but they could change our course. They said we weren't our arms or our stomachs or our faces. Who we were was something else. Something beyond, like all creatures. They said they could make it so the Farandal could soar again. But they would leave their forms and their lives here forever. And I could never join them. I must stay here and teach others my principle. I didn't want to lose them. But I couldn't keep them here. So I accepted my gift and they left this world. I realised soon after that my gift was further reaching than I had thought. It didn't just touch those Farandal who wished to leave. It reached all, young and old and those who wished to stay. So great were my cries and my horror at what I had done that the Evers returned to me one last time. They told me that death was the only way to free us from our bonds to this world. And it could only work as it had always worked on the Green Blue, coming to all in time whether we wanted it or not. I struggled on for a while, sharing my principle. And though there were times my gift could seem like mercy in the worst of situations, I knew the people would never forgive me if they knew. So I came here. I am sorry for the suffering I have caused. I thought I was acting for the best. Well... Everyone makes mistakes. What? Like you said, you were just trying to make things better for people. Sometimes things don't work out as we planned. You don't hate me? You don't want revenge? Of course not. But I'm the reason you travelled all this way. The cause of all your fears. Yeah. But your heart was in the right place. Is he serious? I think so. Just to confirm, Tanak 
you're okay that there's no way for you to get your exemption from death and you're not angry with Mercy. Well, it's not ideal, but it's just one of those things you have to accept, isn't it? I mean, most of us are probably scared of death, but now I know there's no way to avoid it. I may as well just get on with things. So yeah, I'm okay with it. And no, I'm not angry. Wow. He processes things pretty quickly. Well, I have to. Apparently I'm not going to be here forever. Sorry, that was a joke. Wasn't meant to be a dig or anything. Do you know where we go after we die? Uh, no. Just that you can soar again. Well, there you go. Might be somewhere really nice. Might even be something to look forward to. He really was quite optimistic. They stayed a while, recounting their story until the storm eased and I led them back down the mountains. They went to the port and set sail back to their homes. But I decided to journey on. I'd been away from the world for too long. I knew now that some were possessed of mercy even absence my presence. But there were those who were still in need of my influence. So, once more, I set out to share my principle. And sometimes I tell his story too. I'm not sure if there are any morals to be found in it. Maybe the optimists tend to be happier, or acceptance brings peace, or don't waste time worrying. I don't know. Maybe it's just a reminder that we all have the power to be just and charitable and merciful. Though, if I'm honest, for many the main takeaway seems to be a warning. Don't behave selfishly in commuter hubs. There's always a chance you might get kicked in the shins. Mercy Me was written, directed and edited by Gillian Massey. Tannock was played by John Michael Love. Justice was played by Karen Barkey. Charity was played by Kenny Boyle. And Mercy was played by Gillian Massey. The writing mentor and editing assistant was Kenny Boyle. The artwork was created by Hannah Berggren. And the music and sound effects were obtained from zapsplat.com. This recording was supported by the National Lottery through Creative Scotland. <laughs>